Getting sober requires a lot more than mind over matter, a lot more than willpower. It's about leveraging the support around you. People in recovery typically need a mix of medical help, emotional support, and changes in lifestyle to manage their addiction, not just mental determination. As both a therapist and someone embracing the recovery lifestyle, there's one tool I always recommend to people needing extra accountability, Soberlink. Soberlink is a high-tech breath analyzer system designed to help you get and stay sober. And here's why I love it. You'll test the same day every day, eliminating testing anxiety. Friends and family receive instant test results, helping you rebuild trust and preventing relapse. Accountability is a part of that, and it's something to really be embraced. Devices have built-in facial recognition, so your support circle knows you're testing, and tamper-resistant sensors flag any attempts at trying to beat the system, so your sobriety is never questioned. So let 2024 be your best year yet. Visit Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M to sign up and receive $50 off your device. That's Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M. And let accountability be your guide. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Addicted Mind podcast. My name is Dwayne Osterland. I'm your host. This is episode 14. Our guest today is Megan Peterson, the founder of Second Chance Counseling. Now, Second Chance Counseling is a completely online digital platform for addiction treatment. I think this is really exciting, and I'm really looking forward to talking with her about it and what she's created. I get very excited about how we are leveraging technology to bring help to people who are struggling and may not have access to care. So here you go. I hope you guys enjoy. And here's the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Addicted Mind. We have a great guest today. Her name is Megan Peterson, and she is the founder of secondchancecounseling.com. And she is here today to talk about teletherapy and online therapy and um, all the progress that's being made in that area of um, mental health and addiction treatment. Megan, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I, I greatly appreciate it. So I am Megan Peterson. I am the founder of Second Chance Counseling. We are a online addiction teletherapy company. We're actually one of the first. We are. We're not one of. We are the first online addiction teletherapy company where we have therapists that span all 50 states at this point that are able and, and ready to deliver therapy to patients that need it. Wow, that, that is amazing. And I'm so glad to have you on because this is technology advances forward, teletherapy or online therapy. And we're seeing that show up all over the place uh, with treatment and with all different places. So I'm excited that you're going to talk about it. So tell me a little, I want to know a little bit about you and, and kind of what got you into this area and how this became a passion for you? Sure. Well, I was always a drug and alcohol counselor. Uh, ever since I graduated college, I kind of fell into a position where that role became 
very natural for me. And I really enjoyed, you know, helping people and, and helping them create and make changes. So we got to a point in my career where I needed to kind of make some changes after having children and, and things like that. And I actually ended up, you know, kind of falling into the pharmaceutical industry, which obviously now has changed drastically since when I was in it. But in the pharmaceutical industry, I saw there was a significant need for patients to really get the therapy that they needed. A lot of the times in talking with the doctors that we partnered with, something that I heard all the time was my patients are just really having a hard time. Either the agencies that they're going to are full and they can't take them right away, or my patients work and they just can't get there and they're finding it very challenging to get the treatment and the therapy that they need. So at that time, this was about three years ago, teletherapy was just starting to come into the market with, you know, with other platforms that are out there. And I started taking a look at how can we do this for our population that's suffering from addiction and how would that look differently? So that's kind of what brought me, what brought me to it. So you really saw that there was this need for patients who may not have access or easy access to addiction treatment. And you said, look, we can leverage this technology to maybe create a platform that they can they can use to get better. Yes. Yeah. We I saw a significant need, kept on hearing back from a lot of the the people that we were working with at that time, was kind of hearing the same stories. But also at that time, it kind of it's hard to describe. I'm sure a lot of other entrepreneurs have this, but when when you're asking kind of what the next step is and what somebody wants you to do or what you're supposed to be doing in your life. I'm sure a lot of us have had those moments that we've kind of passed over. For me, it was just kind of like a a lightning bolt moment where I needed to do something different. I wasn't quite sure what that was. I was trying, you know, really frustrated trying to figure out what that was supposed to be. And then one day uh, I happened to be at a conference with my husband and um, I was like, I'm done. I surrender. Like, what do you want me to do? I'm tired of trying to figure this out. And just like that, it was, you're going to create an online uh, platform where anybody suffering from substance abuse is going to be able to get the help that they need. And literally, you can even ask my husband this. I turned to him and said, I know what I'm going to do. And he goes, okay, what are you going to do? And I told him. And to this day, I, I have that written down because at the conference that we were at, it was actually like a a mentoring conference where it helps you kind of figure out what you want to do. And to this day, I still actually have that etched on that piece of paper uh, that that's what I said. So, so here we are three years later. (laughs) Wow. That's great. I mean, and this is such a need. I mean, addiction is an epidemic in our country. It is. And people need as to get as much access as they can to healthcare. And so I'm, I'm really excited that you're, you're coming on and you're talking about it and, and kind of kind of share this information with our listeners. So tell me a little bit about like we hear the word online therapy, we heard the word teletherapy. Can you kind of tell me like define what what this is? Sure, absolutely. Well, so a lot of the times, I mean, most people today, I would think, are at least aware of telemedicine. So telemedicine is is where medicine can be delivered over the use of phone, video, even sometimes they're utilizing texting right now as well. So teletherapy would be the same type of concept is that now you're delivering a type of therapy online. Uh, Some people still use it uh, telephonically, meaning over the phone. There are some platforms out there that use texting as well. So our online therapy or our teletherapy platform is utilized by video. I think that 
having to be able to see somebody across from you, even if it's over video, it, it establishes trust. It enables you to see that person on the other end, get a feeling of who they are. Therapists can read body language and things like that. So I think that type of therapy as we continue to transition in this model is, is highly effective and really beneficial to the patient because now the patient isn't bound by an office and having to fight through traffic and babysitters or leaving work early, whatever the case may be, whatever excuse they make for themselves. Now they can get the therapy that they need anywhere that they have basically an internet connection. We're kind of a touch of a button away for the, the patient to be able to meet with their therapist. And that's pretty much for anybody anywhere at this point. I mean, if they have a phone, yeah. they have internet connection, they can connect up with a therapist and have access to that that care and, and that help. So it's, it's yeah, I mean, it really seems like right now that um, telehealth or online therapy is really taking off and um, really becoming a big part of the the landscape of mental health. So tell me a little bit about like, what are the pros of using teletherapy? What are some of the cons of teletherapy? What, what do you... Well, I mean, the pros are, are really, there's no more excuses. Okay. So traditionally as a therapist, another therapist out there would tell you too, or even patients can tell you lots of excuses that they've come up with on why they couldn't make it to therapy or why they couldn't make it to, to get the help that they needed. This alleviates all those. Right. So you don't have the excuse of a car. You don't have the excuse of a babysitter or family commitments, or a job, because, I mean, you literally can meet with your therapist on your lunch break in your office, like shut the door so you have privacy, but you can meet with your therapist there, or you can meet with your therapist at six o'clock in the morning before your children wake up and go off to school, or you can meet with them at 10 o'clock at night when your kids go to bed. Uh, So there's really no excuse anymore why you can't get the treatment that you know that you need, other than if you're making excuses on your own. Right, which clients do do that, but this kind of takes one of those barriers away and makes it even easier for them to get the treatment that they need. Tell me a little bit how you like your platform works. Sure. So our platform is video based, so it's it's a simple, robust platform. We we try to make it as simple as possible because we know that having people get involved in therapy in the beginning can be a challenge in itself. So we try to do things in, in a least challenging matter in order to get people engaged. So the, the patients can go on our website, they would download an app at that point in time, they would fill out their information, uh, fill out uh, some local information, or we as therapists call it a biopsychosocial that we have them fill it out because knowing why they're coming to us and why they're engaging in therapy is really important because we care about those things. And then once they fill that out, they get matched with a therapist. We utilize a specific assessment model, both with therapist and patient, to match them together. And a lot of the matching is done based on communication style as well, because we as human beings, we have kind of that innate nature where you clearly get along with some people better than you do others. And a lot of that does have to do with how you communicate. So I have a, I have a question about that because that sounds really, really interesting. Because for most people, like in-person therapy, a person goes online, they call a therapist and they, and they show up and they kind of hope that it's a match. And sometimes clients don't even realize that they, they can interview therapists and, and find the right one, right? Oh, yeah. No, so, absolutely. I encourage that. Yeah. Yeah. And I would encourage that as well. But it sounds like here you're actually using technology again to be able to kind of identify the most positive match by look, looking at these different metrics? Yes. Oh, that's really fascinating. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's kind of one of the other things too. One of the problems with therapy, traditional therapy, because I've done it already. I mean, as as an adolescent, I I went and saw therapists and some therapists I like and others I didn't. But what it tends to do is if you get that bad match from from the beginning, like a lot of patients tend to kind of throw their hands up in the air and say, okay, this, never mind, this is going to work. Right. Sometimes <laughs> not, they go, well, therapy's bad. That, not saying that. Yeah. And, like not realizing that not all therapists are like, just like right. not all patients are like the next therapist that they go to could be like the most phenomenal therapist that they're ever going to meet. Right. Right. And again, this is a lot of the times patients are already outside their comfort zone, seeking help and admitting that they need help to begin with. Let alone if they don't get that perfect match the in the beginning, it, it can be really challenging. So we try to match as best as we possibly can. You know, we're not ever a hundred percent. I would never say that we that we were because obviously, you know, individuals are still individuals, but right. we we try to make it as pretty damn close as we can. Right. To really get them have that uh, that connection. Cause really with that, that's where the therapeutic process takes place. Now kind of looking at like do you find when you're working online with clients, what, what's the difference between like that in-person connection and that online connection? That's what I'm, you know, that's what a lot of people kind of talk about when they talk about online therapy is like, well, I don't know if I can really make a connection with a therapist if they're on a video screen versus in-person. Right. How do you address that? I actually haven't found a difference, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I've been doing it myself for three years. Uh, Some feedback that I get from some of our therapists that have never done this before and patients alike is the first session might be just a little weird because obviously this is the first time that they're meeting someone. But chances are the majority of, of the population out there has talked to somebody online or I mean, how many of us watch YouTube videos or other type videos of people where we're literally watching them or interacting them while they're doing like Facebook live videos or things. So it's not a whole lot different than that. It usually takes about one session just to get, okay, this is my therapist. This is who they are. This is why I'm here. But that's no different than what you would do if you went to somebody's office. So when somebody talks to me about that, I say, look, it's no different than if you were to go into somebody's office, like you can go see a therapist and to you, they're horrible and you don't ever want to go back and see them again. The same thing with this. It's kind of, it's, it's hit and miss and it's always going to be hit and miss. So what we try to do is we try to alleviate that right off the bat with matching appropriate people together. And then the other thing that we do is Uh, kind of along the same lines of those assessments is within the first couple of sessions, the therapist actually has all of those really great qualities and strengths that the patients have and possess and how they communicate. So one of the things that we do within the first couple sessions is talk to the patient, hey, does this sound like you? This is how you communicate. This is your communication style. These are the strengths that you have. And for some patients, remember, be mindful. Some patients haven't heard what their strengths are in a very long time. So I think that that's really important is to add value and let patients know how valued they are and how much of an impact they can have on this world. And we're here to help them get that. Right. Wow. That's that's great. You were, you know, before we started the podcast, we were just chatting about this and you were telling me a lot about this platform. And, and one of the things that you said also which doesn't seem to be a lot in the, um, like when someone comes to an in-person therapeutic uh, space, is that you also have a um, talk to the, you know, the outside of the, like the, it's not a standard hour. It's uh, maybe they meet 15 minutes. Can you talk more about that and that added flexibility? 
Sure, absolutely. Well, like traditional treatment, in fact, I was just having a conversation about this with one of the therapists that we just brought on our platform, is they were saying in, in their facility, it's it's every other week appointments. It doesn't matter who the patient is and what they're presenting, it's every other week appointments, and that's how they run that individual facility which I understand to a certain extent, because again, if I have to go see a therapist for treatment, I'm not going to want to drive a half hour to go talk to someone for 10 minutes. Like who's going to do that? But now with online teletherapy, that's possible. So really what we're doing is we're really drastically changing the game. and, And obviously we're collecting data on this as well. But now you can meet the patient when they're right in the middle of what's going on and really initiate change versus finding out about it two weeks later. Because typically what ends up happening is you have a session with a patient, you know, it goes really well, patient feel like it goes really well, they go home and, you know, everything hits the fan the next day. Well, we don't hear about it until a week later. (laughs) Right, that's true. So what this enables us to do is, and we just had this with one of our patients, we have this actually with a lot of our patients now more frequently, now that patients are getting used to how this type of therapy model works is, Patients will have a, a something happen and be able to message their therapist right away and say, hey, I had a really crappy day. Do you have time to meet today? And that therapist can literally say, you know what? I have 10 minutes an hour from now. Let's meet on the platform. And, and 10 minutes sometimes is all they need. They just need to vent, tell you what happened, and then have the therapist give them some really positive feedback as far as what those next steps are and then what they could have done before and what they need to do after so you we're really getting the patient in that literally in the middle of change versus afterward, which is really, really great and and something that needs to be done. Yeah. And I think, you know, when when looking at it like addiction treatment, it's so sometimes so in the moment when a yes. person kind of gets that trigger to either engage in some kind of addictive behavior or even a drug or or alcohol or something. It's like they might not have that week to wait. Right. And, no. and uh, so that's that's really exciting. And it's also exciting to hear you said just a second ago, you're, you're, you guys are starting to collect the data on all of this. So to really look at uh, look at it, that's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's really exciting. It's an exciting time. It's a completely different way of looking at therapy and more importantly, how we can support patients and patient recovery. Because like you said, most of the time if patients have a trigger, or, or they really feel like using at that time, <laughs> I mean, we could do a survey right now, and I guarantee you patients would not think about picking up the phone and calling a therapist. So this now gives them that tool, that resource, where now, guess what? You can message your therapist anytime. We also have a call center that, that we have 24-7 as well, where if a patient is really in need, you know, if it's one of our patients and, the, and they're having craving or they're having an issue, that, uh, that somebody's going to be there, able to be there to help them. And that, that's not that's not done. Like this is not done anywhere else right now. Right. So they can kind of really almost incorporate it into into their life all the time. Right. And you know what's interesting too is I and this is just me thinking, kind of thinking out loud as well, is like we have this younger generation coming up here and they've been connected their whole life. This probably oh, yeah. doesn't even feel foreign to them, I would imagine. You know, I'm older. No. I wasn't around, you know. <laughs> So, so the internet is still some of this connectivity to me is a little bit like overwhelming. But I, I would imagine for younger people, this this would they would probably fit into this model even better. Yes, absolutely. 
because again, like you said, they do everything online right now. I mean, I'm even outdated with some of the stuff and some of the technology that people are using online. You know, my kids tell me about it and I was like, wait, what game are you playing or what what platform are you on? <laughs> tell me again. I know. So it's ever evolving and it's ever changing. But I mean, the reality is no matter how much you want to fight it, and believe me, there are people that are fighting it. The, the reality of it is, is that we are moving into a all computer based tech society. I mean, if you can't see that with how Amazon has bought out certain industries and other industries, I mean, for crying out loud, uh, Toys R Us just folded. I mean, I went there as a kid, right? All the time. My mom would take me. I mean, that that is like the toy store that exists. But it folded because now you can get any toy that you want very next day instantaneously without having to go to a store. And it's cheaper than in the store. So why would you not do that if you could provide therapy the same way? If you could provide therapy at a cheaper, lower cost to your patients because there's less overhead and less everything else involved and they don't have to drive and they don't have to kind of make their way there and, and take off work and do that, you know, why would you not? Yeah, no. I so we're trending in that direction. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm very excited about it. And I'm, I'm very excited about how technology is going to change the way therapy is done right. on many different levels. I think this is really great. So what if you had to say anything, you know, I like to look at like both sides of everything. And is there any kind of cons or or things that are are more difficult with with online therapy and and online treatment? So it depends on the patient. I mean, some patients do like that one-on-one or or there is still room for patient to go and actually physically see someone in an office. Maybe some patients need a little bit of both. Uh, Maybe some patients don't. So I think it really is individualized to that individual uh, because obviously you can't do face-to-face. So if someone is in a a state where they're crying, you know, you can't put your hand on their shoulder and and say, it's going to be okay. Right. Like you could in a a face-to-face visit. So, but not everybody needs that though. Either. So I think I think it's just it's really individualized. So we as individuals know what we need or most of the time know what we need. So it could be one of those things where you get involved in online therapy and you realize, hey, I'm okay if when I'm crying, the therapist can still see me on the other end and still tell me, like, hey, I'm here, I'm listening, it's gonna be okay. I don't need someone to reach out and and tap me on the back because because I don't have time to get there to do that. But other people that one-on-one or a more intimate environment like that might be really important to them. So we're definitely not trying to take over the space. I always feel that there is going to be room for both. But I think, like you said, as the younger generation continues to move up, and I mean, we are in a crisis with the younger generation yes. with opiate dependence right now and, uh, and other substances that are being utilized. Mm-hmm. So as the younger generation continues to grow up, I think that more of this is going to be happening and you're going to see less and less of the of the one-on-one interaction. So the only other thing is obviously you're on the internet. So everything is subject to whatever on the internet. We all know that. So in that instance, you always put yourself at risk. So you're always trying to make sure that you have maximum level of security, that you're all within a one confined system, that all of your patient information is secure, and obviously that it's not going to be shared outside of platform. And then you also have connectivity because like you, anybody has connection issues. So if a patient is in a, in a location where their signal is not very high, there might be delays in, in talking with their therapist back and forth. There may be a lag time in that video, depending on how good of a connection you have. So those are all things that 
we talk to patients ahead of time, like, don't be driving <laughs> when you're talking to your therapist. Make sure you're in a secure location where clearly you don't want your information to be shared with other people. And obviously make sure you have a good connection on both ends. Right, definitely. But all things that can be cons. Right. So I wanted to ask you one one more question because I, I really liked the name of your platform, your second chance counseling.com. So why why that name? Because I think everybody does deserve a second chance or a fifth or a tenth or a twelfth. How many times do we get presented with somebody that they're like, oh, you know, here they are again. This is the fifth time they've relapsed or the 10th time that they've been in it. We don't do that to anybody else. Yeah. And I, I feel bad because the, di- the diabetics kind of do get shorter because we always compare them. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> things the like poor diabetics. That. We, we totally do. But, you know, you don't say that when somebody like messes up and eats chocolate cake for the fifth time and they're diabetic, right? Or they're diabetic and they're drinking a Coke and they shouldn't because the amount of sugar in it. Like, do we sit there and chastise them and condemn them for making poor decisions? No. So why do we do it with the addiction population? Because if you if you look at brain chemistry and if people really had an, a better understanding of how addiction works and why it does the way that it does, I think a lot of our population would feel much differently than, than what they do. So to me, everybody does deserve that second chance. Like if you want to put in the work, and that's literally what we put on our site, if you want to put in the work, we'll be there to help you. If you don't want to put in the work, clearly, please don't call us because, right. you know, yeah, we well. want to work with individuals that that are ready. You need to be ready and and show up and be present. And if you're ready, then we're going to be right there with you. That's awesome. And I, I really love that name, too, because, I mean, with addiction treatment, that that is kind of the name of the game. We, we People need that continued resource as they find recovery. And um, very rarely do I meet people who just stop. I mean, that does happen, but most people, they have some relapses, they, they struggle. And, and uh, it's great that, um, you know, now this is another resource that, that they can have and, and that they can, they can use. So um, anything else that you would like to say or, or talk about before we, we end this podcast? No, I mean, thank you for having me. I mean, we're, we're honored to, you know, be able to obviously present this to society, this platform, and, and allow patients to to get the help that they need. So anybody out there that's struggling, we not only just help patients that are suffering from addiction, but clearly we help families as well. So because it's it's a it's a societal epidemic. It's not just an individual. And we need to see that as well. Because if you are struggling in your family and you have somebody that you're living with that is addicted to something, like chances are you are participating in it somehow. You have to be right because, you know, you're in that community, you're in that inner circle. So not only do we help the patients themselves, but we also come come back and kind of help the families because they need to know about like enabling behaviors and denial and what their role is in it as well. So that some of the things that we take them through and, and help them with. Well, thank you, Megan, so much for coming on The Addicted Mind and, and talking about this and sharing this resource with everyone. I, I think it's, uh, I'm really glad to see that someone's taking this on to add another resource to to the addiction treatment spectrum that that's out there. Um, I think that's awesome. Right. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really enjoyed it. I, I think um, looking at how we can leverage technology to deal with all of these different mental health issues 
is something very exciting and I think it's really changing the face of treatment, mental health treatment, and bringing access to so many people who otherwise would never have the opportunity to get that extra help in recovery. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Addicted Mind podcast today. All the show notes will be on theaddictedmind.com forward slash 14. Once again, if you like The Addicted Mind, please go to iTunes and Stitcher and leave us a review. It really does help. Also, I want to reach out to you. If you have a question about anything dealing with addiction, just go to our website. Right on the side of the website is a tab for you to leave a voice message. And I will try to answer your question or find an expert who can and get them on the podcast. So I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you're thinking. Also, even if you just want to give me some feedback, how I can improve, how I can make it better, please let me know. I'm really open to that. And I want to make this podcast the best possible. So please feel free to do that. I'd appreciate it. Look forward to talking with you guys next week. Bye-bye. Madeline and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety and lots of how-to for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.